Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Media Swap, uh, Two Brother in Laws podcast. We are now on episode 11. How's it going, TJ? Kick plane. Yeah. We're doing pretty well here. So, uh, watching a lot of great movies, listening to a lot of great albums. So, are you listening to a lot of great albums or just. No. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just trying to be inclusive here. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I've been definitely sharing my albums and my vinyls with my upstairs and downstairs uh, neighbors. So, uh, yeah, I gotta be a good uh, a good tenant, not be total. So I'm kind of limiting myself almost. Oh, have you been talking to your neighbors? No, I haven't been talking to them, but I just um, I'm trying to be considerate. You know, not not be blaring records all day, because uh, I don't, don't want to be a jerk. <clears throat> so I'm I, I limit myself sometimes. You should be a jerk because you're a jerk <laughs> to me, and I'm your relative. But total strangers, I don't want them hitting the hitting their ceiling with the broomstick, being like, "You be quiet up there." Is that? Do you have an old lady? Is that what she's doing? Oh, terribly old. She's 104 downstairs. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is a different episode, and you get uh, the listener will get some reprieve from me talking about vinyl. Isn't that exciting? Because this week I'll be talking about a different form of media that I swapped. And this, this time I selected my first cassette choice ew <laughs> so uh, he's just holding up a picture of a, his uh, DVD there is some some gory artwork on the or gory picture on the inside of his uh, movie <laughs> I thought we were sharing I thought we were doing some show and tell oh yeah definitely some show, show and tell <laughs> well uh, I just wanted to show off my my cassette. I've been growing my my cassette collection a little bit. Um, I got I got a tape rack. I got a tape player, and you can put two tapes in there. You can copy tapes. Uh, I just got a cord so I can control the tape player, power it on and off, and play from the different uh, tape decks with the remote. So uh, I've upped my tape game. I'm I'm upgrading. <laughs> um, so. This uh, this album that I got, the Traveling Wilburys Volume One, is one of the first tapes that I got. I do believe TJ, you were there when I bought my first tape. Do you remember Wasn't that? Third Man. Yeah, Third Man Records in Detroit. Yep. I bought a Stegel. Yeah, I bought that on tape, and that was one of my first ones. And then I got a couple other ones. I got this one and Weird Al, and I was just. Just kind of had those for a while, but now I'm starting to up it, getting closer to 20 or so tapes in my collection. So I'm getting there. There, uh, the one thing about tape collecting is that they're a lot harder to find. I imagine this it would be the same thing about VHSs. A lot of stores just don't don't sell that old media anymore. I mean, you'd be a lot easier to find a, a CD or a DVD than you would a VHS. Tape. So uh, they're almost becoming more and more rare. Uh, it's still a thing for companies to you know repress and remake these, but uh, it's definitely more of a lost art than vinyl because vinyls definitely come around. And 
uh, gotten a lot bigger, and the, these stores are dedicated to vinyl. And and even when they do have tapes, the selections are very limited. So I've been fortunate, and I found a nice online store that has posted a lot of tapes that I actually wanted. It's called Tapehead City. So I got some new tapes from there, and I've been I've been doing that. I just got a. I just pre-ordered Nirvana's first album, Bleach, and I got a Discharge tape. And these are like limited runs. And Dan Glenn Danzig. I got a couple Ty Seagulls. But we're talking about this tape. I want to get your first thoughts on it. What do you think of the Woolberries? I actually really loved it. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I yeah. wasn't, I had no, like, preconceived um, opinions of it other than, like, there's all of their uh, their works. So, I don't, did you mention this is a super group or is that what they're called? Yeah. Like, but other than all of these members, these band members, their, their, um, their work prior to this, I know that, but I didn't know what to expect when they all come together. But, like, uh, man, I was like pleasantly surprised. Like I really was enjoying it. Like I was, I was kind of jamming out to it when um, Kiefer called me on Skype to the song called "Heading for the Light" because like that was one of them I liked a lot. Um, and I don't know. It, it seems like it's just like it's just like a fun like hangout like uh, album. It seems like like I feel like we you could pop that on when you're just chilling, like maybe doing some barbecue or something. Like it just seems like a very relaxing and like fun time. Like listening to it. Um, I think prior to like uh, giving them a listen, I mean, I was familiar with I was only familiar with George Harrison as far as like the stuff with the Beatles. Um, I, I was familiar with Tom Petty, just like some of the stuff that came out throughout the eighties. Uh, Bob Dylan, and then um, I don't know a lot of Roy Orbison, but I obviously know the tracks that are featured in my movie tonight. But mm. um, that was and just you know stuff. Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I do know that. That's all. That's using a lot of movies as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I really liked it. Like, I'm not. It's not like something. I'm just like, I'm not feeding you some bullcrap tonight. I, I think that's something that I'll keep listening to because, like, I, it was just, it was just like, it was easy listening. It was just kind of like, it felt like a bunch of old friends just coming together and jamming. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Um, the, the these guys have put out, I mean, huge albums. I mean, they've kind of run popular music and rock music for the last 20 years i mean roy orbison kind of coming out first and then the kind of like the 50s and stuff and of course george harrison and the beatles are huge bob dylan was huge all of them during the 60s and tom petty and jeff lynn of the electric light orchestra um, oh yeah so, i didn't know who that was like I, yeah. that was the one i didn't know just a quick question to interrupt you real quick what mm -hmm. era is this from like is this the sub came out in 1986 Oh, that's the same year that my movie came out, so perfect. Is it? Oh, is it yeah. 86? Maybe it was 84. I don't know. I thought they were two years apart. Either <laughs> oh, way, okay, so it was 80s. Got yeah, it was 80s. So, um, yeah, these guys, have, uh, they've earned their stripes and they've done it. And that's kind of how a super group usually is. Like, these, I mean, they've, had, they've all had pretty substantial success in the past. And uh, they can just kind of get together and... 
Uh, I think, think one of the cool things about this album is that they don't use any of their names on on the tape or anything. So you just looking at it, you wouldn't know. I mean, you can't really tell from the picture that these are the guys that they say they are. I did I did recognize Tom Petty. That was the only one. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of... It's I mean, hard not yeah, to Yeah, you probably that. could get George Harrison out of that, too. He's kind of... I, I didn't, actually. I just saw Tom Petty yeah. in the middle. Because I remember I texted you and I said, is that Tom Petty? <laughs> Yeah, if you know what older George Harrison looks like, he, I mean, he's pretty recognizable. But like, they all have um, pseudonyms, and this is the this is the J card, so you, it folds out so you can get a little bit more information. But they like they're they're all like a family, like Otis Wilbury, Nelson Wilbury. So it's kind of cool that they they did that. And so it wasn't like a there's when you're in a super group it's like there's no superstar ego or anything they're just kind of like trading vocals and guitar work throughout the album and and that's where you get the funness out of it because they're just trying to make good music that people want to hear yeah so um did you check out any any other like george harrison music or uh other other stuff by these guys that you may not have been as for, uh, familiar with? You know, I feel... Did you tell me anything to supplement it with this time? No, I mean, if you wanted to, you could check okay, out some, like, some of their I feel solo bad because like, what I, what I did was is I screenshotted your text with the picture of the album. So when, oh. I went to, when I went to listen to it, I just listened to the album. I didn't... I couldn't remember if there was supplemental stuff, so if there was, I apologize. But no, I just listened to... Um, the volume one, the uh, is it called Chaveline Wilbury's volume one, right? Yep. The name and of it's album? funny because they did another album with this with this lineup, and they called it Volume Three because they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I noticed on um, Spotify there was Volume One and Volume Three, and I was like, um, for maybe they didn't get the rights to stream Volume Two or something. I well, didn't know. There's that. no Volume Two. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. Um, I mean, I definitely like the opening track and the the closing track, uh, "Handle with Care," is probably the first one I heard, and I was just like, "Oh, these guys are cool. I want to check them out." And uh, "End of the Line" is really good too, in my personal opinion. But yeah, I'm glad that you liked a different one. Yeah, my two favorites I wrote in my notes here. I circled it for you. It's uh, "Heading for oh, the Light" and "Handle, handle with, care. with Care." Yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, one thing uh, I really liked, I watched uh, a memorial concert for George Harrison after he died, and um, it was really good. All these guys showed up, and they did they did George songs and Wilbury songs, and I thought that was really great. And, and I do want that on, it's like a 4LP on vinyl, but I, I do want some sort of form of that, or at least the DVD. Did George die before Roy Orbison? Uh, I don't know if Roy was. I don't know when Roy died. I, know oh, George okay. I, just, I knew he was older, so I didn't know how that worked. But, but I, I definitely know like Jeff Lynne and Bob Dylan and uh, Tom Petty were all there. <clears throat> so, I know this is terrible, but I'm surprised that Bob Dylan is still alive. For some reason, I thought he was he had passed, but I just thought that he was still alive, and I'm like, He's, oh wow, he just came out like a new album. He's I know. <laughs> I'm like, I really yeah. thought he was. I thought he was done. I don't know. Guess not. You got the like. Pulitzer recent or no he turned it down or something because I don't know he didn't think he deserved it. I think he's a great songwriter I I mean 
you know, oh yeah Bob Dylan but uh like the the whole conversation around like artists like turning down these like literary awards I feel like they are literary like they the poets and everybody like the only difference is that they also supplement the the words with music so anyways great fun album uh I I, I want to go through and at least recommend a George Har- like the first George Harrison album, George Harrison's self-titled album, uh, Electric Light Orchestra's Out of the Blue, um, Tom Petty, his first solo album with the Heartbreakers. I mean, I don't really have to listen to like albums of Robert Robertson, but like growing up, when I first heard. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, Pretty Woman, I was like, this guy, he's got a freaking nice voice. That guy's velvet. Forget Elvis. Roy Orbison's cool. <laughs> you know, a funny story. Um, I think I told you, like, the grocery store I worked in growing up, it was, like, predominantly, like, 50s and 60s music, but they always played Bob Dylan, and, like, I always was like, oh, man, this guy's voice is terrible. But, like... <laughs> I actually like him now. Like I've list, I've like listened to him more because I know I've always recognized that he was a good songwriter because I like the stuff he writes about. But I actually am starting to like I, I've turned a new leaf. Like I actually really enjoy him. Like I I used to think his like singing voice was terrible, but now I enjoy it. Like I don't know. It's it's cool how like your taste can change as you get older. But yeah, and um, I mean I think you'll see that in a lot of different artists that I choose for the podcast is like. I mean, this guy's voice isn't good, but I like listening to it. And, it, and it's just, I mean, I, I don't always have to listen to something that sounds beautiful is good. And it's similar with your movie choices. Like, it doesn't have to be uh, pleasing to the eyes. It doesn't have to be a happy story. Oh, I'm sure my movie tonight good. wasn't pleasing to your eye, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... I liked it though. Um, I actually just came off the the watch of the movie. I uh, I streamed it, uh, I so pur- I didn't I do the physical media. Uh, yeah, I purposely asked didn't ask you because I wanted to wait and get your like live reaction on air. So yeah, so it was very cool. It was you know sit on your edge of your seat kind of kind of movie, and I like that. Um, Uh, I don't know what to to compare it to, but I, I, almost, you know, I mean, from from like stuff in the the time period, like Taxi Driver and The Graduate. I don't know if there's not the same time periods, but I liked it. You want to tell me what it is? Ready? What your me? choices? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I um, had Kiefer watch uh, David Lynch's 1986 Blue Velvet. Here's my, I'm showing him my Criterion collection copy here. It's very velvety. It feels like velvet, doesn't it? Does it feel nice? This nice case here with her apartment number there. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the bird on the back. The robin eating a bug. The inside there. 
got Dorothy lying on her apartment floor after her visit with Frank. Oh, nice. Got that. Just doing a little show and tell. Sorry for the listeners who can't see, but we like to show our physical media off now that we're doing these remotely. Here's a here's your favorite picture you want to stare at of, of the severed ear. Yeah. I was showing him earlier. Oh, okay, I want to ask, or at the top, Frank and his, and his like, gas mask. Was it hooked to anything? Was he really, what was he breathing? Is he on some sort of drug? It wasn't hooked to anything. You're so right. he's just, he's just crazy. I mean, we yeah. can get, we can get <laughs> into more, in, in more on the Frank character, but, okay. I was wondering about that because I was watching and I was like, what is this guy? <laughs> I will say though, like, this is your first, like, uh introduction to david lynch so Mm -hmm. i will explain to you right now that david lynch doesn't he throws things in his movies that are weird on purpose and doesn't explain them and he wants it that way like he doesn't want to have to explain it even if like fans and audience members ask about it he won't do it like he just he likes the the, uh what word am i looking for like the uh the weird and the like abstract stuff and he doesn't want to have to explain it but Anyways. Yeah, leave it um, up for interpretation. Right. Uh, Basically, uh, this movie is about a young gentleman named Jeffrey Beaumont who comes home from college because his dad is ill in the hospital. And so he comes home to kind of like take care of the house and his mom. And uh, he gets bored and he goes out or he's actually on on his way back from the hospital. and He finds a severed ear in this field and uh he's bored so he like you know he takes it to the police station and um gets all interested in this investigation even though the the cops told him to stay out of it um he kind of you know goes over to the the sheriff's house and that's when he runs into the sheriff's daughter and this is laura dern young laura dern (laughs) um (laughs) And you, those two kind of hit it off, and she kind of gets into it with them. She kind of has a thing for him, and but uh, she's but she has a boyfriend. Um, so it kind of plays off. It's it's basically like what it is. It's just like a like a neo noir, um, uh, mystery type movie thriller, if you will. Um, and uh, I think it's kind of like cross genre. It just kind of mixes a bunch of different genres. Uh, yeah. But I would say mystery and, and, and neo-noir would probably be the two I'd most likely put it in. But what I do like that you pointed out when you were talking about it is you mentioned The Graduate. And what I liked about that comparison is, like, both this and The Graduate, which another one of my favorite movies, by the way, is The Graduate, um, both have to deal with, like, these these guys coming home from, from college and, and just being bored and, like, getting themselves into trouble. So, like, mm. there's, like, that theme that kind of you can play off of the two. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I became a David Lynch fan through Twin Peaks. Um, that was my first introduction to his work. And so when I was, I was pleasantly surprised when I went back through and kind of watched through his filmography. Um, Blue Velvet is is pre Twin Peaks time, but it's, you can see a lot of influence was drawn from his work in blue velvet. Um, uh, Lynch was like his first movie Eraserhead, is probably his most, um, like influential movie on like a lot of up and coming filmmakers. But 
to me, it's definitely his weirdest and the one that makes it's probably the least um, uh, like uh, co- like cohesive, I guess is what I'm looking for. You you really don't know what's going on and you kind of have to make that up yourself. Um, but then he kind of got he kind of got stuck um, after that where he did um, both Elephant Man and Dune. Elephant Man was like his award winner. Like it, it got him a lot of like critical praise um and then dune was like his big studio movie that he got after that which was like a big budget um hollywood studio sci-fi picture that he made and the thing that really got him there was it was very much not a i don't think it was a lynch movie it was more like the studio meddled in and made it what they wanted um he had a whole they're remaking yep yeah uh they're remaking that and it comes out this year because um, like pe- a lot of like fans of the book, it's based on a book, didn't really like um, the Lynch version, so they're excited for this new one. But um, Lynch himself did not really have a lot of fun on the set of Dune. Um, he kind of, I think that's his least favorite of, that he's done. So then he got to come back with this, and I think Blue Velvet is is like really very much a Lynch movie, and he got to you know put his ideas, his art, and his style into something after um taking a break after a racer head um so you know with with both elephant elephant man and um doom were like kind of got him out there his name out there and um got him some money and then i think with blue velvet he was able to kind of come back to his his style and his art um and then after blue velvet it kind of paved the way for him to do twin peaks and uh some of his later releases like mulholland drive and um Inland Empire. Um, so he kind of just... He hasn't made a whole lot after, um, like, 2000. He's only come out with... I mean, he did the new uh, Twin Peaks Revival series, and he did um, uh, Inland, which was, which was like, mid-2000s. But, yeah, he's getting older. I think he's really been uh, focusing more on his painting. He's a painter. He loves meditation. Um He's actually surprisingly real into music, too. Like, um, I know he uh, really puts a lot of um, time and focus into his soundtracks, which uh, I would say every movie he's done it has a different type of soundtrack. Like, his mm-hmm. um, his movie Lost Highway actually has a lot of, like, heavy metal, like, um, like uh, Ramstein and Marilyn Manson type stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is not what you would think somebody um, so, like, prestigious and, like, artsy would go for but which was kind of cool to see the type of music in one of his movies um but yeah i don't know if you noticed some of the like symbolism in the movie um with like the very beginning when when jeff's dad um has his um fall before he goes to the hospital the camera panned down to the ground and it showed like the bugs eating it like zoomed down the bugs eating in the dirt and stuff kind of like represented like the seedy underworld that jeff was about to kind of unearth um also uh, also it's kind of like the the case or like just the his need his curiosity like eating at him yeah and and then at the end of the movie you see the robin like eating the bug so it's kind Mm -hmm. of like he um kind of like conquered that um that grimy underworld life that that wasn't taking place in his uh nice little suburban 50s 
small town. Because before they show the Robin eating the bug, it was kind of like they showed Jeff and um, Laura Dern um, kind of being together and happy. And then they showed Dorothy with her son. Like, she was reunited with her son. And, like, everything was kind of happy again. And um, and Frank and them were kind of dealt with and taken care of. So it was kind of like, in a weird way, like, its own little happy ending. Um but what I really like about what Lynch does with like both Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks is he takes these like stereotypical like happy suburban soap opera like um, atmospheres and then like kind of shows you like the like the evil grimy what's going on kind of underneath like behind closed doors um, and it's really cool I like the I like the combination of both of those and kind of having them uh, like foil one another, um, which is kind of realistic because that kind of shit goes down in real life. Um, and not everything is like... Not in my neighborhood. Shut up. <laughs> his, and he's got like this... Um, he's got this ongoing theme in all of his... All of his movies that are, are his, you know, not, I'm not counting like Dune and and like Elephant Man, but he's got this like dreamlike theme in all of his movies where like, he films things like as if how you would see it in a dream when you're sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I think he's got a fascination with both like dreams and, um, and nightmares and like portraying that on screen in an artistic way. And I think that's yeah. really cool because it, it, you watch some of those scenes and like, they kind of cut away like a dream would, or like you see things happening, but there's not a lot of like talking, like, you know, in your dream, there's not a lot of like talking. It's kind of just like, you know what's being talked about and said, but you're not hearing it. I don't know. It's I find it fascinating. I really like that he does that. Yeah, he really used dreams heavily in Blue Velvet with yep. the main main male character, um, how he was kind of obsessed with this case, like, uh, and I was kind of like eating at him. It was almost like burning at him, and that's and they kind of use like a fire metaphor. And then uh, and then Lord Dern's character had the the Robin metaphor where she she likened it in the movie to to love and then that interacted with the the bug metaphor so i mean the use he's kind of the dreams to lay out the the metaphorical under underlay you know? yeah and then jeffrey had the weird like kind of like it was almost like a weird like oedipus like mother and son like sexual fantasy relationship with dorothy and that, that kind of got weird um but you know it is what yeah. it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah um definitely wasn't wasn't good for him i don't know why he kept doing that because <laughs> he had laura dern she was perfectly fine like <laughs> no, more like, i'll leave my boyfriend for you yeah <laughs> but um yeah, what were you you were wanting to talk about Frank a little bit? I know. Oh yeah, Frank's a a very interesting character. I mean, he comes in basically. He assaults the what's her name? Dorothy. Dorothy, uh, and um, but his uh, uh, well, his just general mindset seemed very high strung he's very uh 
mob boss-ish, but without being in a real organized mob. He's almost like um like a high school bully with his little gang, but yeah. professional at that point. And they they go with him for you know his extortion and was he like selling drugs, something like that. So uh but he's peculiar because uh of his weird fetish relationship with Dorothy, but also his his the gas mask I thought was really interesting. I, I mean, it, was, it looked very interesting, like um, reminded me kind of like Hannibal Lecter, and just he, he's crazy with the breathing in this gas, but it's not hooked to anything. So like, what what is he doing? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. Like. He's acting like he was on uppers of some sort, but it just didn't make any sense because you're like watching it. I'm like, what are you doing? You're just like basically breathing into a plastic bag. Yeah. Yeah, he's very like loose cannon, like hothead, like ready to snap on somebody like, don't look at me. And like, if you look at him, he like wants to beat the shit out of you. And he's a good villain, though. Like, that's for sure. Like, he's very like psychotic, perfect, like. Mm-hmm. villain of like an 80s movie um, yeah, it's kind of like the the drug boss that like gets into his own stash yeah <laughs> <laughs> another thing just really quick i wanted to point out like my my whole like uh theory on the symbolism with the bugs is um another thing that they do in the movie that kind of uh goes along with that is when when jeffrey goes into dorothy's apartment the first time he's like a bug um uh what are those called exterminator Uh, exterminator yeah so he's like he's like i'm here to exterminate some bugs and it's just like kind of funny it's like he's got this whole like he's gonna take care of everything and and remove the vermin from their society so but yeah i don't know so you did you say you did like it overall yeah um did i i want to check out more david lynch films i mean it's another one of those like aspirations, like I'm I'm gonna culture myself. So I do want to check out movies like Elephant Man, Eraserhead, and um, maybe watch Twin Peaks. I mean, I've been recommended it. I mean, I know you love Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. it's hard because um, there's a movie as well. And that's one of my favorites, but I would not recommend you watch the movie before the show because it spoils the show. Right. So, but yeah, I was planning on bringing some more David Lynch movies, but feel free to watch some without the podcast. Um, I'm probably not going to bring Elephant Man. Um, it's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but I have some others of his that are more my favorites. So, Eraserhead is a. Uh, it's definitely, in my opinion, the weirdest, but it's also probably one of the more influential ones, like I said earlier. Yeah, um, and, and that's I have good. that, so don't don't pay for it. I can let you borrow it. <laughs> All right. Well, I spent four dollars to watch Blue Velvet. What am I gonna? <laughs> you told me it was okay. Yeah, I know it's totally okay. I, don't... I am gonna be considerate and try to not pick things that aren't streaming every time, but. I really no, I mean, as long as it's available for me to like pay $4 to stream, it's totally easy. I was anxious to do this, though, because I wanted I wanted to get a Lynch movie in. We had already passed episode 10, and I was like, shit. 
I was like, I wouldn't necessarily say Blue Velvet is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, but I wanted to get one in soon. So I'm glad I was able to get that in there real quick. Because he is, the thing is, is like David Lynch is definitely in my top five, like favorite directors. And he's, he's definitely leaves an impression. That's for sure. Like I love his style. So. Yeah. He's got a unique approach to movies. Yeah, and I have a I actually have a documentary about him. It's called David Lynch the Art Life and it's just like about what like it's about his painting more so than his movies. So, it's kind of cool. He's really he's just really into like art. And it's funny cuz he doesn't consider himself like pretentious and intelligent, but when you listen to him talk, he I feel like he is both of those things and he's not pretentious necessarily in a bad way, but he does have kind of like a, I think it's his intelligence and the way he carries himself um, and his, his interest in art, it kind of comes off as pretentious, but he's, he is a very smart guy. And like, I really enjoy listening to him talk about movies. So he's a Kubrick fan too. So that's, that's cool. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's, that's a good way to discover, you know, directors and movies and finding out what, what they're inspired by and who they've inspired. And I mean, I use that same kind of idea to find albums and stuff. So, um, definitely anybody that has left such an impression on the world of movies and Hollywood and on future directors, they deserve to be talked about and they deserve to be recognized and their movies watched. And I mean, stuff like, elephant man and, and eraser head and, and twin peaks will be continued to be talked about for decades to come so uh david lynch yeah. is definitely important i mean if, if you like an artist or a band or a director an actor whoever it be like and and they and they're inspired by someone's work it's always good to go back and and, and visit that because there's they're pulling stuff from that and their work and you can probably comp- see comparisons and you never know. You may enjoy it as well. Like that's, it's, it's kind of like a whole like domino effect sometimes. Like, so. <clears throat> well, I'm glad you liked it. I wasn't sure. Um, it is a little different. So now that I know you liked it, I'm not, I'm not going to be hesitant to show you some more Lynch stuff. And yeah. I mean, I encourage you watch Twin Peaks. It, it It's not for everybody, but it's what I like about it a lot is that it's, um, it's like a soap opera, but it's got the dark horror like undertones to it. And similar like I said, similar to like Blue Velvet, like you know, Blue Velvet had that nineteen fifties suburbia feel, but then there was like that that like uh und- like that underworld of like the the villains and stuff. So it's it's if you watch it, let me know. Just text me if you end up watching it, because I'll be curious. All right, great. Rachel, Rachel couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you an ear. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> no, she liked Blue Velvet. She didn't finish oh, it. She actually wanted it was to finish Twin Peaks it. That she was, she, she couldn't, couldn't get, get through. through Peaks, but maybe if she watches Blue Velvet and gets an idea, she'll like it more. I don't know. But <laughs> when the movie Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me is my favorite David Lynch movie. So maybe if you end up watching the show, I'll do the movie on the podcast because it's good shit there's only like two seasons isn't there there's two seasons um season one is only like six episodes i think and then season two is like 18 but then there's the revival series which is like a third season and that's like 17 episodes so 
Is that good? I love season three. Yeah, like I thought it was amazing. Like season two is what is hard for people because season one and then like the first seven or eight episodes, I think, of season two are really good. But then they kind of wrap up the murder plot line and then they kind of went with a like the last half of season two is very much more like the middle half is like very much more soap opera. It leans more on that than the other stuff because Lynch left. Uh, and then the end of season two gets good again but it's like it got canceled so the movie and the third season are basically all lynch like it's kind of like what he wanted to do with it so yeah so that's twin peaks that's lynch (laughs) thanks for another great selection for media swap do you want to hit us with a uh, little bit of a little bit of extra supplementary conversation? We were talking about uh, decorations and stuff, so we're gonna we're gonna throw that on the end of the episode. I'm waiting for you to watch one of my movies and hate it. I'm like, it's gonna happen eventually, right? Probably. I mean, <laughs> I'd just be like, man, that was boring. What are you doing? <laughs> Or if you're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I know you're trying to select uh, the upper echelon, so I'm the one that brings the bad albums. No, there's honestly, like, if you think about it, there's only one album that you brought that I don't like, and I was up front with you, and I didn't even bash it on on air. (laughs) (laughs) You already know what it is, because we had a conversation about it. Yeah. Oh, well. But you don't bring bad albums, dude. I I think almost every album I there's only yeah I think I've like said I've I really loved this one. I really liked the Smiths. Like I've I, you've been pretty good. Yep, and I'm choosing the album first next for next the next one. So we got that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited because then I get to choose the theme. <laughs> okay. Do you have your album picked out so that you can when we're done with this episode you can tell me? Uh, I got a short list. I'm not there yet. All right, you're gonna have to tell me though before the end of the weekend. Yeah, if I get a dog, I'll I'll have him help me choose. Oh, for sure. I can't wait to see pictures. I hope you do get one. I might. I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. Okay, you you wanted to uh, talk yep. about? Okay, great. Um, so one thing I wanted to mention, I just got this new apartment and I've been decorating it and I've had extra stuff because I've just been in one room and now I have multiple rooms to decorate. So now I've got small space to throw my stuff on the walls and I've gotten a lot of stuff over the last few years correct, collecting records. A lot of times they'll come with like posters and different little inserts and uh, Final Me Please always comes with the 13 by 13 inch art print so i've got a lot of stuff and you've got a lot of stuff enough to fill up old basement worth so just wanted to get your um your thoughts and opinions like with these packages and stuff is there like is there too much extra stuff not enough extra stuff well, like do you want to be able to pick and choose your extra stuff i mean Sometimes it's it's just getting us to pay more for the same thing, but now now but they're like, oh, and now there's a sticker or something, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Kiefer, I always want extra stuff. <laughs> always want the extra stuff. Always. Give me the art prints. Give me the <laughs> second disc. 
whether it's <laughs> hanging up or not, I want it every time because with the amount of money that us collectors are shelling out. We deserve the extra stuff. Yeah, with these special editions, collector's editions, they know who their their audience is. Mm-hmm. I always want it, and, and even if it's going to sit in the package, um, I, I have run out of space on my wall, as you know. You've been down here. Um, so not everything's getting put up, but I want the option, um, and, and extra stuff, like free bonus content, is always good. Um, I, I like the idea, too, of... Um, of having the option to switch out posters if I wanted to. Um, I do have a ton of posters and, and that's another collection I would say even of mine because um, it goes even further than these movie posters I have up. I mean, even when we've gone to like Comic-Con with your dad, um, yeah, like um, your dad and I, you've got that problem of like, Oh, these are so cool. I'm going to buy these, these prints. And like, it's never ending. Like, the poster game is never ending for me. Um, even with my, you've seen my shining um, collage I made. Like I even had to take multiple the shining posters and just get one big frame and put them all in there because I wanted to display them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always pro more more content. Um, I don't know. I want to let you talk a little bit on it too um, with, with what you're doing with your new apartment. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. Always yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, and it, and it's and it's hard with some of the content because you know with posters and stuff you want to preserve it, but you also don't want to go out and buy a ton of different frames and like frame 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 measure this and all that. It's a little too much. Uh, I know you frame most of your stuff. Some of my stuff is just thumbtacked on the wall, which is fine for me. I don't care. I mean, if it's got a couple holes in it or whatever, uh, but. I've definitely lost some posters over the years that have been not taken care of. I do want to p- throw out, though, a lot of my stuff is framed, too, because I put money into getting them autographed. So, like, any of my autographed posters by, like, cast members, I definitely want to frame those because I want to keep those posters in really mint condition because of the signatures. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, later we'll talk about autographs. I don't really have a lot of autograph final. I've got a couple of them, but... Um, but I, 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 I want to put some records on display. Uh, so I've got these posters, and then I put like the records on a little shelf next to the posters. So that's kind of what I did with some of the areas. Um, I, I've got a couple concert posters, which are really cool. They're like limited edition, like out of 200 or 500 or whatever. And those are really like for specific concerts, those are the golden standard for me as far as posters go if i could have a poster for every concert i went to i would be i would be super elated and like concert specific like tour vinyls and stuff those are like great i know obviously not this year hasn't meant too much of that but yeah um is there a market for that on ebay like can you go and um search for some of the so some of the shows you've gone to in years past since you didn't have shows this year um, you could maybe put. So I'm insta. I'm instigating you spending money here, but you could go back and get some posters from some of the shows you've attended that you maybe didn't get posters from. Um, do, or is that is that not something that you find on eBay? Well, sometimes like for Jack White, they were there. They had posters, but like sometimes there's not. There's just not going to be posters there. Like they only got a hoodie and a few T-shirts or whatever. Or maybe I don't like the concert poster. 
but when they're when they put effort into it like at the Taft theater in cincinnati i like they had posters up for a lot of different shows and like i haven't been to 99.9 percent of these shows but if i go to a show and there is a and there is a poster i will get it in the past i don't think i've missed any and i've i've also gotten these like posters for shows that i haven't been to so i'm a liar almost there <laughs> gotcha see I, I didn't know if you meant that you went to a show and didn't get your hands on a poster but it was more so that they had them you just either they did or they didn't have them they had them and you weren't a fan or they didn't have them got it mm-hmm. yeah but i mean kind of what i was talking about is like stuff that is like folded and shoved in the pocket of the vinyl jacket that's what i was mainly getting at and I like to throw those on the wall. I just got one for MF Doom. I've got a couple for Kanye. Uh, I, I even had a little uh, Kanye one that was in a CD, and I've got that. It was like folded out three, three by three. So I mean, those don't lose their folds and stuff. And I mean, if they put a poster in a DVD jacket, you're gonna have a lot of fold outs. So um, and with that, if it isn't rolled up, those folds are gonna be there forever. Yeah. But I, I don't mind. I mean, they still, I mean, they look great even when they're folded out. Yeah. Have you seen my <laughs> Night of the Living Dead um, one that I put up on the wall? It's, it was, it was folded like that in, um, in one of my Criterion cases. But I think it's gotten some of the folds out. I'll have to go look at it. But it's been in a frame, so I, if it if it flattens it out enough, I'll have to let you know, and maybe you can try that. But yeah, like it's it's good to frame stuff like that. That helps. Because I just got the that big Sabbath poster. I don't think you saw it when you were here. I don't think I had it hung up yet. Yeah, but you I, did. You were looking. Oh, for I did it. have it hung up. No, you were yeah, looking okay. for a spot. I just met. I saw that you had it. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a you spot. Got you got it from Josh, right? Yeah, he got me the yeah. 50th anniversary of Paranoid. Yeah, you didn't have it up yet. You were telling me about it though. Yeah, so that's one of my newest ones. But I got a ton of Frank Ocean stuff on my wall now, and it's just great. I got all the vinyls on display and um like magazines if they are cool i can figure out something with that i mean and it's kind of getting like creative with your with your placement and everything i mean you gotta you got like some collages and different stuff like that i think that's a really cool way of doing it um i almost personally felt a little self-conscious because i'm like I'm really filling up this wall, like <laughs> just covering the total wall. But then I, I, I remember like my friend, like Josh and you like are able to put all the stuff on the walls and just like have your area. Cause like I didn't paint or anything. So cover up them white walls with the posters and stuff I got. It looks good though. I've been there. I've seen it. I mean, you're not done, but what I've seen, it looks pretty awesome. Like, it, it, there's just something, um, and like we were like we were telling John the other the one day, like it's just something about having your own space, um, and 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 you know, displaying your collection, even just kind of like being in that room, you just feel good about like what you have, and and just kind of taking it all in. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and. John recently set up his own space like that. So, I mean, we're, I, I was kind of like getting my space up and he was doing it. He got it. I got his room, which wasn't my old room. It was a different room, <laughs> but they did take over my old room. 
yeah, he's got his personal stuff that he's collected over the years, and it's, it's just good to ha- like hang it up because like you obviously like it if you bought the this package or movie or whatever that came with the extra poster. Like you want to display it, and I mean, a lot of times this art's really cool and creative and, and unique. Yeah, and it's cool too when you have multiple things for one one specific like person or movie or whatever it be. Like for example, like it was fun to like take my um, Kill Bill poster and my like Kill Bill replica sword and kind of like display them together. It's just it's kind of cool yeah. to like mi- like to bring that stuff together and have it in a spot and you can just be like, oh wow, like that's my Kill Bill section or my Frank Ocean section and like it just it it's a cool way to honor your favorites and. I don't know. I agree with you, though. So, yeah, man. Uh, I like that you're bringing these supplemental uh, um, topics at the end of each episode. It gives us a little something extra. Um, Especially if we have listeners who are collectors like us. They're probably, you know, listening along and agreeing. Um, Yeah, definitely the woes of being a collector. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) I did want to shoot you one more question. I know we're running a little long here, but that's okay. Um, We can Mm. get back to the listeners something longer. (laughs) Um, We the last couple episodes we forgot to kind of mention some of our new uh, pieces of collection. Um, But I mean, I know with 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 Christmas and um, the new year and then you moved like. We haven't really been like doing a lot of buying, but is there anything new that you kind of want to talk about? I know you have your Black Sabbath um, box that you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking about my cassettes. I kind of went over most of my recent uh, cassette purchases, but I did tell you I just got a couple Daniel Caesar, Caesar vinyls in the mail. I got the Case Study 01 and Freudian, so those are good. Did you listen to that one song I sang by Daniel Caesar? You are like, who is that? Yeah, I didn't. That's why I didn't know who it was. I was like, "Oh crap!" Now I'm a terrible brother-in-law. I was like, "No." That's why I was like, when you when you told me it was on that playlist, I was like, "Oh god, I'm a terrible brother-in-law for not listening." He's kind of like Diet Frank Ocean, but I still like him. (laughs) So I got that. Um, I did after I found out MF Doom passed. I got some more MF Doom vinyl. I already had Mad Villainy and Mm Food and the instrumental album. But I got some of his other studio albums. I, I pre-ordered a couple of them because they did get insanely pricey on Discogs. Like, people being jerks and being like, oh, you really want this, don't you? It's not in stores, so it's going to be $200. But I was able to Absolutely. pre-order them MSRP, so I was happy about that. <clears throat> but I'm sure you know about that, people being jerks and scalping and stuff. Especially, like, don't capitalize on the death of somebody. Like, that's shitty. Yeah, but I, I didn't, I didn't fall. I didn't know. You don't, you, you just don't feed into it. You don't buy those, you don't pay those ridiculous prices. That's all you can do in that situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I got the Operation Doomsday already, and then I pre-ordered a couple other ones. So, those are great. I'm, I'm excited to get those. That, that's not going to be till like, March or something. And as always, I get my um, my quarterly Third Man Records Vault subscription. So I got the the White Stripes Greatest Hits. Um, you'll probably hear me talk about how I don't like Greatest Hits albums. I already I already subscribed for the year, and it came with some B sides that I didn't a whole like 
LP of B-sides and stuff that I didn't have. So I was still happy with it and some cool art that I hung up on the wall. You got anything? Um, I'm trying to think real quick. I, I did get... I finally got a package in from Black Friday um, that took a little while um, from Vinegar Syndrome, which is the website. Um, and I got a, it's a Blu-ray copy of a movie called Fade to Black, which um, is, is something new to me. I did watch it before I bought it, but it, I think it's it's been more of a cult favorite for a lot of others in the past. But um, I did get that. It was like a nice collector's edition. Um, I got several movies for Christmas. Um I got a copy of a great movie that I'm going to bring to the pod eventually called Burning. It's a South Korean film. Um, I got a copy of the movie called I Saw the Devil, which is also a South Korean film. Um, what else? I'm trying to remember. Every weed movie. Yeah, I did. It's called Chronicon. Um, starring From Doug my grandmother. <laughs> that was the worst part of it, is that your grandmother bought it. Um, Thanks, Grandma. It's actually a hilarious movie. That's probably why she doesn't like me. She's probably like, what is this guy into? Um, and I'm like, check out your grandson. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, TJ. Um, that's actually a funny movie that I want to show you maybe sometime when you're here and not for the podcast. Or it could be for the podcast, but it's funny. Um, and I can explain that whole backstory to you. Um you got me a Get Out Steelbook, mm-hmm. which was 4K. really cool. Yeah. Um, so I have two copies of that now if you need one. Um, I that was great. I can't wait to watch that in 4K, actually. I, I haven't gotten a chance yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned it on the podcast, but uh, Kiefer here did also pick me up a vinyl copy of the um, Virgin Suicide soundtrack, which is fitting because we talked about the movie in our first ep- second episode. Um, and I've listened to that a couple times actually, just when I've been down here, um, cataloging movies or just chilling. Um, I'm always sending you links to different vinyl soundtracks. I'm like, yeah. buy this, buy it. It's you so know, cool. <laughs> I don't have the money, but you're killing me with that eyes wide shut one. That's been the most that tempting. One's so cool looking. I'm probably, I don't know. I'm gonna have to break the bank and get it because that's the most tempting one that you've sent me because you know that's one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time and uh, it's a cool release too so i'm like i'm very tempted by it um but yeah i mean other than what we got for christmas um i did well i did go to a closing family video because they're all closing now that's so sad there's a family video near me and it's been closed and i'm like ah i just wish you were open it's very sad i miss Um, family i grew up on family video yeah, I talked to the guy there, and he said that, you know, they were they knew that it would eventually happen, but that they were hoping to get a couple more years out of it. But with, with COVID, there's not new releases um, yeah. coming in. So they said they lost a lot of customers because a lot of their customers were renting new releases. So with no new releases, they were losing customers, and it just went downhill. So it's, it's very unfortunate. Um, I tried to get my hands on some signage or, like, some family video um merch but like they didn't have a lot of options and the thing i wanted was like a they had these director's chairs that said family video on them oh um, man. but the employees got them and now they're on ebay for like 400 dollars. so no thank you um i used to get free posters from there speaking of posters and everything yeah 
Are you um, like free movie posters for these yeah. to decorate the stores with? I didn't think about it at the time back then, but I should have. Um, but I did grab, I grabbed like five or six um, DVDs. I know I don't usually like to get DVDs, but that's what they had, and they were like, cheap, like two dollars so. a piece. They were yeah. 2020 releases, so and they were on DVD for $2 a piece, so I snatched up some of those. A lot of them were um, Shudder exclusive titles from like the Shudder app, horror movies. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean, like I said, with Christmas, um, not a lot of shopping for myself. I've got a kid, and we like to spend money on her. She's, she's super spoiled. cute. And she's, she's super cute. <laughs> she's super cute. <laughs> but... Yeah, so hopefully I'll have something for the next episode. But I just wanted to, you know, touch base on that. But we didn't lose touch on it. All right. You got you to gotta make sure that your daughter still shows up for our podcast later this week. We got, we got our own thing going without you. Yeah, it's probably all about rap. She loves rap. I like rap music. Yep, that's what she said <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in to Media Swap. We ran a little over, but thanks for listening. Yep, take it easy, everyone.